0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome, fellow island lovers. You're listening to A History of the Caribbean in 100 Objects.
1: This is a podcast about the rich history of the cultures and societies of the Caribbean, told through objects from the earliest period to modern times. I'm Alice Sampson. I'm a Caribbean archaeologist and a lecturer in archaeology at the University of Leicester.
0: And I am Angus Moll. I'm also a Caribbean archaeologist and I'm a postdoc gone wild. I'm a rogue scholar, if you will, Alice.
1: Oh, yeah. Are you no longer at Stanford then, Angus? Uh,
0: No, 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 I'm not. I have escaped the ivory tower and I am now officially, once again, a brain for hire. I am recording wow. this from the comfort of my own home, uh, as you can see through Skype, but the other people cannot. Which also means that you know sometimes it may be a little bit uh, more background noise here than you're used to in my home, because of course the Ivory Tower was nice and quiet. But your own home, there's also lots of lively sounds here. But that shouldn't matter.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm sure we, I'm sure we can put up with a, with a couple of cats uh, meowing and a and an occasional squeak of Hannah crying maybe in the background. She but, never um, cries. She's a very happy baby. <laughs> so Stanford has let you loose on the world Angus that's really good news for all universities hiring out there if they want to snap up a fantastic archaeologist. Uh, yeah this is this is your time this is your moment. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh talking about talking about escaping which I'm going to do soon because we're both going to go to Vancouver in next week aren't we for the Society of American Archaeology which I'm looking forward to a lot. Um I think after that I'll pretty much be done with this podcast Angus. What what? I mean well, I don't know. I've, you know, I think we've done quite a few Caribbean objects and maybe I'll just move on to something else. Develop N- a new hobby, you're something not, like you're that.
0: Not, you're going to leave me high and dry at the SAA, Alice.
1: Uh, maybe, I'm thinking about it.
0: Oh, oh. Springy on this me, mean- this is my, my rogue scholar going wild. Mine just just is now completely lost. You were, you were my one <laughs> anchor.
1: Oh, uh, I, can't, I can't. I can't pull your leg for much longer. Happy <laughs> April Fool's Day, future Angus. What? It's not even April. It's not even. It's March when we're recording this. <laughs> I don't know, but it's getting pretty late in March, and that's why I said future Angus.
0: Oh, oh okay then. I, I, I guess. I guess that will work. Uh, I'm just. I'm just happy that you're not gonna, you know, leave me at the SAAs with all these very cool speakers that we will talk to in a couple of weeks, and uh, that we'll continue to um, explore the lovely uh, world of Caribbean objects for uh, for a bit longer still.
1: No, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave you hanging, and and I'm I'm really looking forward to it too. We've got guests from from all over the place. Some people from the Caribbean, some from some from England, some from Puerto Rico, some from some from Canada I think I can't remember exactly everyone who we've got lined up for the session but I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting it's going to be fun.
0: And us in the flesh talking to each other that's always fun. Yes. But anyway I guess that your April Fools joke to future Angus is kind of a good hook for this episode because we are also going to be talking about a well, I don't know if it's a joke or or what it is but we're definitely going to talk about a silly kind of object.
1: Yeah, indeed. I guess it was a bit of a surreal start to the podcast, but that also ties in with the topic of of, yeah. of today's chat, because we're going to talk about a set of coins from Redonda. Can you describe them to me, Angus?
0: I'd be happy to, Alice. So we're looking at a set of coins, 10 in total, Um they're uh, coins, so they're round, of course, and they're multicolored, from silver to copper to yellowish, which I think is supposed to look like gold. And they've got all sorts of 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 symbols on them, like a of course like a a coat of arms on the front, and then on the back some sort of birds, or even um, a, a little bit of a a rocky shape in the middle of a sea and a fish, and then. The, the most, uh, valuable one, the one with the highest value has, uh, or highest cur- currency value has Columbus on it. And it says Santa Maria la Redonda. Um, that's the highest one, which is in fact, um, 10,00 something. It doesn't say if these are dollars <laughs> or if these are pounds or if they're just, I don't know, florins or whatever the good old Gilder may And, um, the least, um, Uh, valuable one is zero comma zero one of whatever currency this is. (laughs) And they are in fact, as you said, from Redonda, Alice. Have you ever um, uh, heard of this, uh, this, this particular kingdom of Redonda?
1: I've heard of the name Redonda, but to be honest, I had to look on my map of the Caribbean to find out where it was. And actually, it's not even – I have quite a big wall map in my office with all the Caribbean islands on it. And I can see the name Redonda, but I can't actually see a speck for the island. Okay. So I it's somewhere near uh, Nevis and St. Kitts and Montserrat that I can see, but it's so tiny that it's, it's not even on my map. So I imagine it's a, it's a pretty small place.
0: Right. I've, so yeah, I get it that you, since you can't find it on your map, you haven't been there. I haven't been there. I don't know of anybody who has personally know of anybody who has been there, right? So you also don't. So it's kind of a mystery yeah. island uh, there, uh, in sort of wedged in between uh, Nevis and uh, the West of Antigua. Do, do we know anything else about it? Maybe from such, uh, scholarly sources as Wikipedia.
1: Yes, well, the, the highly scholarly and trusted source of Wikipedia tells us that it is, in fact, a very tiny island. It's an extinct volcano, um, and it's a the a, a, a remnants of a, of an eroded and extinct volcano. And it's quite it's quite a it's quite a, a steep island. I think it rises to about sort of three hundred meters above sea level, and has sheer cliffs um, all around it, especially on the on the western side, on the leeward side of the island. Um, and it looks it looks pretty treeless as well. It looks quite barren. Um, there's an area of grasslands that slopes. Um, Down to the east, Um, but it looks like one of these sort of small islands, maybe a bit like Mona, um, in -hmm. which there's no sources of fresh water and people rely on rain. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine anybody living there.
0: No, right. That's also I I knew of Redonda because I very carefully read Alistair Bright's thesis in which he remarks on it, and he because he did a thesis on the, the the Lesser Antilles and he remarks on that it is in fact discovered by columbus on his second journey in 1493 i didn't go back to the to the to the diaries of that journey to check if this is in fact true i'm just going to trust aleister bright on this and mm. according um to to him columbus called it the island santa maria la redonda or the round holy mary which i guess if you look at photos you can sort of see that it's kind of a round thing i don't know how holy mary it is but it's definitely <laughs> round for sure <laughs> and according to columbus in the voice of Alistair Bright, it was not inhabited uh, at um, the point of, of discovery, quote unquote, by Columbus. And I really don't know of any archaeological survey or excavation there either. But do you, Alice, or if people listening to this know, we, we want to know, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, I don't know anybody who's who's done any archaeology on Redonda, but it, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'd be intrigued. Probably if, if anybody has it, it would,
0: you know. You have some nice connections to talk with them from with your work on Mona, right? Although yeah, I'm not that's so sure that there's going to be so many dramatic uh, caves on this particular uh, round rock in the sea.
1: <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, but it does it does look kind of um, barren um, at the moment. But you said it was a kingdom, so a, a, a kingdom of, of of who? Who's the king?
0: Well. That's, that's a long, long story who the king is. And let me be very clear that it is not the seat of a king. So there's not an actual king living on this island right now. It's, it is a kingdom in, in, in name. There's, there's the king that is the king of Redonda, whoever this is. We'll, we'll talk more about this later is living someplace else because in fact, it does seem to be the case that, um, Redonda is not very, a very good place to live on permanently. So there's this king of Redonda who's not doesn't live on Redonda. That's the basic story.
1: Okay, I wonder where this king of Redonda is doing 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 their shopping with this with these beautifully minted Redonda coins. I wonder if it's legal 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 tender anywhere in the world. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, it has. To, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was one of those coins that's just for collection's sake. But it's I definitely won't be able to uh, to pay uh, for my own shopping with it uh, here in the um, in the uh, kingdom of the Netherlands.
1: <laughs> so tell me more. Tell me more about this kingdom, Angus.
0: Well, you know what, Ellis. You know that I think you've got a much lovelier reading voice than I. Um, so I'm going to let you, in fact, read the story of the founding of this particular kingdom.
1: Okay, right. I shall put on my best uh, kingly accent then. Great. My father was a shipowner who had the foible of thinking highly of people descended from kings. He had, in truth. About him, some species of kingship, aloofness, was called by all the governor, and on my 15th birthday, July the 21st, 1880, had me crowned King of Redundo, a day of gala and of of a great meeting of ships and people, many of them the worse for drink, the ceremony being performed by Dr. Semper, then Bishop of Antigua, whose palm daubed me with the balm of anointment, and I can't forgive myself for the solemnity and dignity with which I figured in that show. what is a king without subjects. Redondo is a rock island of scarcely nine square miles, and my subjects were troops innumerable of boobies swooping steeply into the sea like meteors streaming, with eleven poor men who gathered the boobies' excrements to make guano, which is a type of manure. And these were American people. When I imposed a nominal tax upon them, they each and all refused to pay, nor had I any means to compel them. Moreover, Not long after my coronation, the British government, apprehensive that America might annex the rock, annexed it itself, i.e. it stuck a little flagstaff on it, and though my parent irked heaven and earth with his claim of priority, there the flagstaff remains, if it has not gone to heaven on some gale's gallop, there may it ever remain. I have scaled to that rock's very top and looked abroad at blue-eyed beauty.' Well, that's very poetic, Angus. It and is. that's uh, that's, a, that's then a, a lengthy citation then from the works of someone called M.P. um who wrote the Shiography Updated, Part Two.
0: Right, right, right. Well, somebody else put all the, the, the Shiography together, but he <laughs> right. write this this piece of uh, piece of text and. Um, you can already see that our story starts somewhere in the, n- the late 19th century when uh, a man called MP Shield um, uh, claims that he's the um, sorry not MP Shield but Matthew Dory Shield claims father. Yeah. yeah exactly the father of of Shield the person you have just read from um, is claims that he's the first king of Rodonda in 1865 1880 i found on uh, the page of information that came together with the coins online. So upon the death of uh, Sheol Senior, um, it's likely that MP Sheol somehow somehow, or supposedly anyway inherits this title of King of Rodonda or King of Redonda, as it's actually called. Um, But it's kind of funny because he never really makes this claim that he's the King of Redonda until much, much later in life. Um it is important to note that the Shields had a very Caribbean background. Uh, Shield senior himself was probably the son of an Irish officer and an enslaved woman. And it is likely because they were uh, the family was living on on Montserrat and it is likely that Shield was vaguely aware of this rock somewhere in the ocean that uh, Shield senior I mean that that probably nobody had Claimed officially because you know it's not very important. Um, it didn't used to be very important. Uh, nobody nobody lived there, and so he just probably went there and took it for himself. Maybe he made his own flag. I don't know. That's not that's not um, we, we that's not preserved. We haven't got a flag of Redonda uh, f- that was made by Shield himself. But he claims it, and he claims the title of King of Redonda um, after the death of um, Shield Senior. Shield Jr. MP Shield becomes uh, king of Redonda and in 1885 he moves off to England.
1: Oh, it's a shame. So he abandons he abandons this lovely looking island. I mean, it sounds like it's not the easiest place to live. Access would be difficult with those steep cliffs. There's no water on the island. So, yeah, it's it sounds like quite a quite a marginal place indeed. And but I like the story. I mean, it's quite absurd and surreal that someone would just Go to this island, claim it for themselves, get indeed anointed by a bishop, and then try and claim tax from people who were working there, presumably for a pittance anyway if they were right. if they were mining guano, I doubt they had any 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 they, they were not people of means necessarily, so yeah, I can imagine this kind of absurd situation in which. He's going around with a clipboard, asking for tax contributions from, from people who do maybe. not recognise him as king. <laughs> yeah, right. it It seems like it seems like the
0: like the tea party all over again. But then the, we have the yeah. guano party. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Maybe, maybe for our listeners, Alice, because um, what, what is guano? And you said it's a type of manure. How how does this work? How does one mine manure?
1: Well, MP M- shiel refers to uh, the huge number of boobies, which are a type of bird, seabird, on the island. and um, basically guano is is the manure made from excrement or yeah the the, the accumulated excrement of birds or bats, and there are many uh, Caribbean islands uh, which have vast quantities of of this guano on them for example the island of mona as well as well where where i'm working at the moment with 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 jago has did used to have huge reserves of guano or sort of mineralized guano in the caves there and that that was exploited throughout the 19th century by various uh companies extracting this stuff and selling it for fertilizer for agricultural fertilizer there was a Mm -hmm. huge demand for agricultural fertilizer in the 19th century globally um and also then later on for for making um um, bombs and explosives because uh yeah, phosphorite is a is a is a key ingredient of that, and you get that from guano as well. People who worked in the guano industry, the, the workers themselves often often worked in uh, appalling conditions. It's a very unhealthy job. Many of the people that worked in worked mining guano in the Caribbean were just recently emancipated slaves or itinerant workers from all over the world. So I imagine that yeah that uh, that MP Shield talks about. Um, well, he expresses surprise at there being Americans on the island, <laughs> but in the 1850s, the United States um claimed many uninhabited islands the world over under the guano act to say you know if no other nation had made a claim then and there was guano present then it would become um a, U- a u.s territory and um and they basically gave themselves the right to mine guano <laughs> all over the place and this happened in a lot of islands in the caribbean in Nevada uh, for example i think there's a phd student at, at um syracuse university or william mary or doug armstrong is certainly supervising a phd student who's looking at the guano industry in in in, in the caribbean so that's okay, that's cool. it's a very interesting topic and i guess yeah redonda sounds like one of these small little guano islands well, um
0: you know what they say alice yeah. non- and um, the same goes for actual shit too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you earn money exactly. with it so uh, uh but i guess that you know Mining manure probably was a, li- a little bit below the stature of an actual king of Redonda. So <laughs> I guess that Absolutely. he never really took up the, um, the guano uh, business himself. And, um, she instead moved off to, uh, to England. Um, mm-hmm. interestingly, and for me, completely inexplicably, um, he dropped, um, the L. So, Shiel, you write it in his father's name and his uh, ne- last name by birth. You write this with double L, but for his nom de plume, Shiel became a writer in England. Um, he actually dropped the last L from his name, which is you know, why would you do that? It's not like <laughs> we're, oh, we're not onto you now. you you lost the L. <laughs> we haven't got a clue who you are. Anyway, <laughs> that's just one of the very many weird things that uh, we can say about Shiel because, well, I mean, in a way, Let's not ridiculise the person too much. He is somewhat of a famous author in England. Had you ever heard of him before, Alice?
1: I've never heard of NP Shield, but I shall I shall look him up. Did he write anything good?
0: Well, um, he wrote, uh, mostly started out writing a lot of short stories for, uh, such publications as The Strand. Um, for example, ones the top ones that I could find on the internet were called Empress of the Earth and The Yellow Danger, which, as you can sort of uh, understand from its uh, particular title, were very, um, anti China works of, uh, of fiction at the time. We're talking mm, okay. the uh, early 20th century right now when he sort of broke through and really started writing these things. Um He is most famous for uh, a novel called The Purple Cloud, which is a Last Man or apocalyptic novel in which some sort of weird black and white spiritual forces wage a battle and influence events on Earth. And as a result of this, they end up killing all uh, people except for one Arctic explorer, uh, explorer. And they do this by some sort of weird purple cloud and this arctic explorer goes all over the world and wherever he goes, he can see this purple cloud and he can see death and destruction all, no, not destruction, death uh, all around him. So animals, people, all dead, likely because of this purple cloud. Jefferson, uh, the man is called Jefferson. He goes on to trek across Europe and he just. He's the last man, right? So he just burns down whole cities like London and Paris. And he just endeavors to build a golden palace for himself and God. Uh, on his trips, he also finds uh, a woman in Istanbul or then Constantinople. And of course, this woman is bare naked. Um, and she also desperately wants to repopulate the earth with him. And um, Jefferson, being a good, uh, good Englishman, of course, first declines and doesn't want to have anything to do with it, asks the woman to cover up. But... For some reason, this purple cloud keeps following him. And finally, for some reason, apparently Jeffson concedes to then repopulate the earth together with this woman. At least I have to be a little bit honest here. That's what the synopsis of this particular book told me because I read a bit of it and I was not very impressed. It's very egotistical and a bit weird for my taste, I have to say
1: yeah indeed he he sounds quite an egocentric megalomaniac character maybe he spent too long alone on that small island i think i've just uh removed uh his name from the from the list of authors that i will be looking yeah. into yeah there seem to be some
0: tea. some connections between the protagonist of the purple cloud and uh and mp shield himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure
1: he seems to be quite an eccentric um character but i i i read recently or I I leafed through an an excellent book called The Atlas of Remote Islands, 50 Islands I've Not Visited Nor Ever Will by a German (laughs) writer called Julia Shalansky and I think this was a book published in 2010 it's a bit of a coffee table publication but it's fascinating because there are quite a few sort of similar stories in this book about people um, uh, going to a remote uninhabited island and self-styling themselves as the the ruler of that island these are usually men Mm. um, it has to be said who who claim To be sort of a king of of of, of these places, as one particular story which quite intrigued me, of uh, a couple of Frenchmen, maybe a couple of French sailors who who end up on an island in the in the middle of the Indian Ocean, and even though there are two of them, one claims to be the king and <laughs> enslaves the other and keeps him as some sort of servant, oh, dear. which is.
0: <laughs> the tragedy of these man. stories aren't
1: very <laughs> edifying. These stories aren't very edifying. So may- maybe poor um, MP Shield, King Shield, um, went a little bit crazy uh, on on this island of Redonda, all on his own, issuing his own currency and taxing people who thought he was really quite strange. Well, I have to say, it. Um it doesn't look like she
0: was the one who issued this particular currency, because this currency mm-hmm. that we're looking at right now, these coins that we're looking at, right now, they're from 2009, actually. So that means that apparently uh, there were kings after King Sheol. Um mm-hmm. And it's, in fact, true because um, Sheol, uh, after his death, uh, passed on the title to another quaint character, I guess, called John Gosworth. Have you have you heard of him?
1: Nope, haven't heard of him either. <laughs> it's
0: just another literary figure from the long and rich literary <laughs> history of your island, Ellis. <laughs> oh dear, betraying my ignorance. So he was a poet and a writer, um, a small-time war hero during, as all these poets and writers were during uh, World War II, just John Galsworth. Um, but uh, in, on top of that, he was also a fan and the literary executor of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s um, uh, literary estate. So as part of that, he apparently passed on the title of King of Redonda to himself. That's nice. You know, you're just <laughs> passing, <laughs> passing out pages. And hey, there's this, 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 little title of King. I'll just keep that for myself. Thank you. And, uh, John Gosworth styled himself King Juan or King Juan the first. And after that, it, the story becomes kind of complicated.
1: Yeah, I see. I've, there's a whole list of nine different kings here. Not a single queen among them. Clearly, no, there was no, no, no women who uh, felt she wanted to claim the the, the throne of of, of Redonda of, of
0: the Round Holy Mary. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so we have yeah. We start off then with in the 1960s when Arthur John Roberts, who was King Juan II, a William Leonard Gates, who was King Leo, a John Wynne Tyson, who self-styled him well, styled himself King Juan II. Then we move on to uh, Javier Marias, who was King Javier, uh, Max Leggett, King Max I, Robert Williamson, King Robert the Bald, hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> Michael Howarth, King Michael the Grey. A lot of hair references here. Giancarlo Ezio Noferi, who was His Royal Highness Giancarlo Ezio I of Doglio. Now that is a title that's worth inheriting. Yes, yes. and uh, last in line and presumably the, the the person who who got got the coins um, uh, minted is a William Leo Timlin, who um, is known as His Majesty King William, um, who reigned on Redondo. Uh, redonda from 2008 until I until today is 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 king william well, is his majesty still king of redonda
0: you read it as if it's a nice chronology of kings you know like like you have in the the history of england the kings of england like you know you have a king for seven years then his head gets chopped off and we have a new king that's not really what happened here so there are actually if you look at the list alice there's oh, lots yes. of kings that are in fact to date are king of Redonda. So, to date, uh, King Leo um, has ruled from 1989 to today. And Javier Marias, or King Xavier, has ruled from 1997 to today. Um, the same has happened with King Max I, who apparently has ruled from 1970 to today. Um, the same goes for... um Oh, no, I see that, uh, unfortunately, King Robert the Bald has met... Uh, at least his reign has ended in 2009. And we uh, have King Michael the Grey, who was also apparently claims to, to date, be the king of Redondo. The same goes for His Royal Highness uh, of Montilidolio. So, yeah, it's kind of complicated. And I think the, the real trouble with this... Kingly war of well not even succession but just just this war for the throne of Redonda um, and a war it is Alice because you should look on the internet at the kingdom of Redonda and there are a lot of websites out there and a lot of official looking documents in which all these individuals are claiming that they are the true king and the other ones are just claimants um, but I think the the troubles here started with King Juan the first or John Gasworth as he's uh, probably uh, uh, more 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 known. Um, I guess he uh, was often short on uh, drinking money, this John Calsworth being a poet. And, of course, when one is short on drinking money and a king, last thing that you can sell is, of course, your title of King of Redonda. So he basically sold on the inheritance of the kingdom of Redonda uh, to lots of different people during his life, Um, obviously being short on drinking money quite uh, quite a bit.
1: (laughs) I, I, I wonder if they all get together periodically on the island and fight it out among themselves.
0: No, Alice, as far as I can see, lots of these people, in fact, lay claim to the throne of the kingdom of Redonda, but they have not been there. Um, there's this, uh, the Redonda Cultural Foundation website or the Redonda Foundation website. I'll, I'll put a link somewhere up in the, uh, on the website. Um, is that's run by King Leo and he actually has some photos of him visiting the island of Redonda and a whole, um, report on his visit to his, uh, royal seat. Um uh, in addition to that there um you know he, he he seems to be basically I think that King Leo has the strongest strongest claim here because he has a lot he has the most official looking documents and you can always sway me with the official looking documents <laughs> and in addition to that um I'm gonna see if I can bring this up right now. He has a very nice little anthem of redonda on his Uh, website, and I'll see if I can play this right now. Yeah, here we go. So I don't know um, which which choir he... he I, I'm sure that wasn't the choir on the island of Rodonda itself, because only the boobies sing there. But um, uh, what this choir sings, by the way, is it's kind of a lovely little text for um, for a small kingdom. God who gave our island soil in trust forevermore, grant grace that by our faith and toil we hold our heirloom heirloom pure. That's kind of nice, isn't it? I mean
1: if you like if you like kind of 19th century nationalist sentiment i suppose it's quite nice and also you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: and there's plenty of people nowadays who like that sort of sentiment Alice, so uh, they probably uh, should, should do well to visit redonda and maybe hang around there for a bit
1: <laughs> well, well, that's true that's true but it, this this all sounds like a little bit of a joke i mean legally speaking is redonda actually recognized as a kingdom internationally I mean I don't know Alice. I'm
0: I'm a, I'm not a lawyer I'm an archaeologist I mean if we have lawyers uh, listening to this show feel free to chime in on any of our commentary channels and uh, let us know if this is actually such a claim actually holds up
1: Mm yeah I mean look just looking on the on the Redonda website I can see they they it they call they call the island a micronation, which is an entity that claims to be an independent nation or state, but is not recognised by world governments or major international organisations. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose if you if you are a citizen of um, Redonda, you're in effect stateless. Ah,
0: yes, yeah, a mm. micronation. nation You know, you know that you actually because I, that's actually how I first found uh, found out about the Kingdom of Redonda. I was. For some r- strange reason, I was just Wikipedia-ing about micronations, and I found out about the Kingdom of Redonda. Do you know where they also have another micronation, Alice, in the form of an island? Uh, right off the coast of your uh, own island, it's called the Principality of Sealand. It's, uh, really? F- yes, it's in fact uh, an oil an old oil rig uh, out there. Right. Or an old... St- maybe not no, not even an oil rig. I think it's an old radar station that they used for... Uh, Piracy, pirate radios back in the day and still nowadays is its own well by its own declaration its own sovereign state also claimed to be recognized uh, accidentally by uh, by germany it's a strange story that we don't have time <laughs> for right now but it's you know <laughs> so alice principality of zealand kingdom of Redonda, what is it with the english and their imaginary island kingdoms
1: I don't know. I really don't know. And I've never heard of Sealand, but I will, I, I, sh- I shall look it up. I mean, I think it's still, you know, sort of striking that it's, uh, that, that islands, I guess, and certainly sort of remote islands, maybe like, like Redonda have always sort of featured in people's crazy projects, right? And these mm-hmm. places are usually, yes, are uh, just, what well, can often be, say, Places where people are imprisoned or kept, or where kings claim themselves to be, you know, <laughs> king or
0: prisoner by any I other name. I don't know. I
1: can't really imagine what leads people to to do these things. I have no desire to stake claim to a to a bit of land in the middle of the sea.
0: I no, thought. right. I, if, if I think it's, I'm very conflicted it's very- on this. It, mm. It's it's kind of it's it's kind of a colonial project, right? It's like I yeah. see this piece of land. I just have to have it for myself. Mm. Uh, on the other hand maybe i'm just sure that i'm not the first one to discover the, those, this little island of redonda and claim it for myself because you know there's this desire in every man at least apparently to uh to hold a little piece of the earth for himself i guess yeah i, just I think
1: to, i think sort of yeah redonda also shows up the kind of absurdity of the colonial project as well isn't it the sort of you know going there staking a claim planting a planting a, a flag in the in the soil no one really taking you <laughs> seriously in this particular case but of course you know Colonial projects were taken terribly seriously, but in this particular case, uh, not. And 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 also the way that Scheel writes about Redonda, he climbs to the top of it and surveys his dominion. Yes. Um, but yes. his dominion is really a a barren rock full of full of birds. Yes. So <laughs> he's a yeah. ruler
0: of all all he surveys, which is not much. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's. It is most definitely a, a silly story, that's for sure. It's I'm not sure if it's an actual fake or honest story. In a, in a sense, the whole story is like the Redonda coins themselves, right? Are they actual real coins made by an actual king that feels that he has to have a bit of currency on the side for whatever he wants to do with this? Or is it just some joke? Or maybe even like a, a dishonest attempt by some uh, coin coin maker they were made they were made in uh, minted in um in uh, china by the way i didn't tell that but some some mm. coin minter in china just to sell a couple of quote-unquote collectible coins to some some poor collector somewhere i really don't know the story behind this i kind of mm. kind of would like to i mean aside from the story of of of, of redonda itself which is quaint i kind of like to know more about the story of who pressed these coins and what, what what even came up with in in their minds when they did that on the other hand uh, sometimes you just have to have uh, let the old joke, if if it's older than a century already, you just have to just one let it wander off and do its own thing. So maybe we uh, should do that uh, right now as well.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, I, and if anyone out there knows anything more about the the history of Redondo or the history of these coins, I mean, maybe maybe we should explore the Chinese connection further. I mean, and certainly in the nineteenth century, a lot of Chinese workers came to places like Peru to mine guano. Maybe there's mm-hmm. a maybe there's a maybe, deeper it, historical connection. Maybe that's there. it.
0: Maybe that's yeah. even, even, even a story like this, Alice, we could probably drone out <laughs> about it for hours. <laughs> I mean, but for sure, if anybody else knows more about Redonda or if there's a, a, one of the kings of Redonda who wants to, uh, you know, uh, make his, make his claim on our, on our, um, uh, island history, uh, object uh, radio, feel free to do so. Feel free to get into touch with, uh, in touch with us.
1: Yes, we always like to hear from you, uh, listeners out there, and what you think of the subjects and objects that we talk about. And you know, you can reach us via Twitter at Shores of Time, and also on my own Twitter, which is uh, SamsonAlice3, or and find out more information about um, all the things we've talked about and all the places we've talked about on www.shoresoftime.com.
0: Yes, you can. And also stay tuned for our upcoming series of special podcasts that are going to be recorded at the Society for American Archaeology's annual meeting. We will speak to you then. Goodbye for now. And remember what the great Bob Marley said. In this great future... You can't You can't
1: forget, forget
0: your past your
1: past. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if one of the Redonda kings got in touch with us? It, <laughs> it would
0: great? be. It would,
1: it would I I I reckon it I reckon they gonna be some kind of Nerdy local history society uh, stamp collector, coin collector. Why are you <laughs> yeah. are,
0: are you now messing with King Leo? <laughs> Off with your head, Alice! <laughs>
1: Off with your head! <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, goodness me, better <laughs>
0: better watch <laughs> out. <laughs> the creative commons under the attribution share alike 4.0 international license and it was made possible thanks to a rubicon grant from the netherlands organization for scientific research
1: this has been a presentation of the archaeology
0: podcast network visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com